Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Pure Hope with your host, Reverend Janice Hope Gorman. Hope is the name the angels gave Reverend Gorman. Help open planetary eyes. And that's what we hope to do on Pure Hope. Thank you for joining us. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show tonight on the Pure Hope Show. I always happen to love uh, doing these live shows. It's a live show tonight, so I do welcome you all. And I welcome you to call in with any of your questions or if you have a comment that you'd like to make tonight. We certainly welcome you to to join us on air, live on the air. All you need to do is phone this number, and I'll repeat it a couple times, 213-559-2974. Press the number one, and our program director, Tom, will pick up and let us know that you are waiting to get on the air with a question or a comment. So once again, the number is 213-559-2974. Two nine seven four. The number and Tom will pick up and let you let us know that you're on the air. The reason why I'm so excited about this particular show tonight is because I am as curious as perhaps all of you to what is going on in our world today. And with all the current events happening, especially the one in Orlando, Florida, as well as our current elections that are coming up. Uh, Later in this world, and this happened to be a year, what do the numbers say about what is going on? So tonight, as we um, are going to talk about, the show is about numerology and what these numbers can tell us and what they represent. I do so many things at our temple here at the Hope Interface Center, and for me, doing this program is always exciting. I love having the opportunity to talk to experts across the nation. I know the last time I called somebody an expert, um, it was a gentleman, and he says, why do you call me an expert? I really don't even call myself an expert. So this is what I, I consider an expert. In my opinion, an expert are those people who have dedicated what I call a large part of their lives, studying or investigating a certain area that they are dedicated to. So, of course, tonight I bring you such a person as that, and that is Miss Deb Schubert from the lovely state of Colorado. Uh, We come always with new information as well as current information on this program. We have been seeing the dismantling of a number of major areas in our society at this time. I personally believe that these events that are currently happening are set up to finally rid us of the old patterns, to begin our new patterns. And I also believe that the numbers have been pointing to this happening. We'll be able to understand what those numbers say about what is going on. And in her own life, she openly admits that her life has been an interesting adventure. Deb's life radically changed in the early 90s when she first took her class, which was a Reiki class. She became a Reiki master, left her career as a dancer, 
uh, uh, teaching at the college level. And then she moved to the state of Colorado. Her private practice has indeed evolved, and as she has over the years, she has also evolved, 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 don't we all? Beginning with energy healing and then establishing a name that embraces her work called Vital Flow. Deb has published um, under her logo a deck of movements for healing called Tija. She has written about the concepts of Healer Warrior as a partnership for balance and mastery. She credits her spirit mentor for this amazing and profound wisdom and continues to give her amazing and profound wisdom. Her master, um, who has lived in China, his name is Sun Lu Chao. Deb is also a numerologist, and that's why we have her on tonight, which she incorporates this invaluable tool into all aspects of her life, all aspects of her work. I myself had an opportunity to speak to Sun Lu Chao long, long time ago when I attended a meeting with Deb and uh, Sun Lu Chao came through and I just happened to ask him a question and this was the question. Should I open a center? Uh, and I think I said for spiritual growth and he just simply said, yes, do it. I don't know how many people know this. In many, many ways, I did so. So perhaps Sun Lu Chao will come to us tonight to give us information as well as, um, as what is going on. I also wanted to let everyone know, and Deb will talk a little bit about it. She told me before that we went on the air that she has just finished publishing a, another book called Life in the Fishbowl, Swimming Without Fear. So we'll talk to her a little bit tonight as well. Hi, Deb. Welcome to the program again. Hi, Hope. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you on again. So, um, and I congratulations for your brand new book. Congratulations for your brand new book. That's great that you've got that out, out, out. So. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I'm excited. It's always wonderful to be able to hand somebody something and say, well, just read this. If it resonates, great. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, so it can be kind of a touchstone um, that they can keep looking at and reading because often we just don't take everything in at, at once. So having right. some written material is always really helpful. Yeah, that's the reason why I – when. Sometimes we talk about, well, everything's been written. How can anybody write anymore? But the fact of the matter is, for me, and I'm 62, I still continue to read. And I think you're absolutely right that sometimes I have to reread it. And it is nice to have it in words so you can bring it up again um, and just constantly feed the soul. And, um, and what I like is the current information that's that's coming in and coming to you as as well. So mm-hmm. I, of course, come to you with a lot of questions um, tonight, <laughs> my dear. Good. And so I'm going to start off right by saying uh, again that I remember that when you were here, you just popped into the state of Minnesota and into Mankato and um, you were going to come to um, Mankato to visit a friend, and 
So you came into my office and you sat down in the chair and we said our hellos. And you said this was going to be a number nine year, the vibration of nine. And I remember that I tilt my head, which I always do when I'm asking questions. I asked, what does that mean? And you said endings, 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 endings. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that? (laughs) Well, I also have another phrase that I use that this year is is really cray cray. (laughs) Oh, I think you said that too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, sometimes things have to fall apart before they're rebuilt. And the the number nine is is an amazing number. It's an intuitive number, as as also the seven is. And both of those intuitive numbers are called the wisdom numbers. Now, since we live in a state of duality, um, the opposite of wisdom is unconsciousness. So there's a lot of huge extremes happening as these in, these two intuitive numbers are doing their thing this year. Um, so it is creating, I think, um, a way, as most of us have had, our, our wake-up calls. And it, when we wake up, we get a chance to see what doesn't work anymore. And so that's why I, I think I said endings, endings, endings. Yes, <laughs> um, yes. Be, because that has to happen before we begin, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's it's an important, a very critical, you know, transition. Um, and we run nine-year cycles. So this the nine is always about completion. Um, it holds so many elements um, that really encompass when we when we live the the nine energy through the heart that's the embodiment of of compassion and inclusiveness and forgiveness mm-hmm. and tolerance mm-hmm. <laughs> it is the whole world you know we talk about oneness that's the nine is that is that oneness um the the seven in this interaction um which i think you probably just want me to get right into <laughs> Yeah, I do, I do. (laughs) (laughs) The seven also being an intuitive number um, falls more in the category of of belief. What do we believe? Uh, And, of course, the element of faith with that. So this is where the the seeking comes out, the need to know, uh, to understand, falls within the, the number seven. It's the researcher. Um, it's the, the the one that is going to go out and get the proof. Um, it's also the the person that needs no proof that just knows and and believes. So there's a again a, a, a big extreme with these numbers. Either I don't need to have any answers, or I have all the answers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we're seeing we're seeing that played out. What I said at the beginning of the year when I do a numerology talk is that um, there's there's so many extremes coming up, um, huge issues around safety this year, because mm. of intuitive numbers are not very grounding and things happen quickly, and we can get sucked into beliefs very strongly, 
whether, you know, they work for us or they don't, we can really get so attached. So um, things can happen quickly, and there's a need often because of that lack of safety to protect or defend boundaries. Um, Now, when the seven is worked with, and the seven comes through this year through the 16, so we have 2016, um, and these the 16 is, is a karmic number, and it is a number that has the most potential or probability for, for what I call these wake-up calls, um, surprises, unexpected events that can have a shock element to them, um, the way that they can catch us off guard. And again, this is um, a, a way as a shake-up element. Hmm. Hmm. Um, now, if we use the seven consciously, we're drawn back into faith. What is good? You know, is the universe kind? Um, uh, are we are we alone, or are are we all here with a greater purpose and oneness and love? You know, it, it's choosing through consciousness. Where do I want to come from? Do I want to come from love, do I, or do I want to come from fear? Do you, do you think people so are waking up more now to be conscious in that show? I mean, is that what's happening also then, that, that they are becoming conscious then to make those decisions? Well, sometimes, again, um, unless something wakes us up, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's up, right. Yep. Yep. You know, we kind of just go along our merry way. You know, right. it's like... A, no news is good news. <laughs> yes, yes, um, yes. And I have I have heard so many more people talking about what is going on and why are people like this and and it's um you know they're seeing things that they haven't seen before or that they've only read about. And so it is causing I think a lot of internal conversation of course and external conversation. Um, hmm. And I think that, you know, this is sometimes where people find that they they go into the searching or the seeking to see, again, do they want to live with fear or don't they? And, mm-hmm. again, only we ourselves can make that, that choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so there's yes, I think this is a very very important time on the on mm-hmm. the planet, of course, and for for many people, um, you know, I often say I, I I couldn't believe where my life has taken me. Well, a lot of people are going, I can't believe what's happening. <laughs> you know? Right, right. <laughs> they're not they're not happy about about it, but mm-hmm. um, it, it's something to take a look at and how easily what I call our heart mind and our what I and what I've written in the book, the that we have been living in what I call story mind. Hmm. And we've swallowed these stories from a young age, um, you know, like this is bad, this is good. So we have our bad stories, we have our good stories. Hmm. And this is the duality. And often, yes. you know, I didn't realize until I started to do some of this, my own work before I, you know, wrote the book, is that I didn't realize how much I was living in story mind, you know, hmm. in, in illusion. Hmm. And, that, and so 
in a way, it's like waking up from a dream, a bad dream, and also, you know, saying, do I want to, do I just want to try to get back to a good dream? Well, what, what is this whole place that I'm in that um, something has to be good or bad here? Hmm. And story hmm. mind is like that. Um, so that's why I, uh, I wrote the book about, you know, swimming without fear, because we tend to swim back and forth between our good and our bad stories. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Or, or try right. to, you know, swim around our bad story and get to a good one. But we're always, you know, if we've got a, a bad story, we've got a good one to match it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. vice versa, you know, because that, that's the, the duality that we live with. Um, mm-hmm. So many people, you know, say, well, I just want to, I just want life to be good or I just want this to stop. And that's their, you know, that's kind of their good story. Um, right. But they're afraid of the bad story. Right. You know? mm-hmm. hmm. That is very. That's a very yeah. interesting way of putting that, and it makes it makes a lot of sense to me. You know that we're um, the story, the story, the story, the story, the story. <laughs> well, well, yeah. You know, the <laughs> the question that I that I yes, yes, exactly, yeah. exactly, where you can kind of switch the channel if you like and watch a different story. Right. Watch a different story. Yeah. Right. So when we talk about, because I hear a lot of teachers, a lot of mentors, a lot of channelers and so on and so forth, they're talking about how the dark or the shadow um, that's been in charge for, they talk about um, for nearly about 13 millennia, they put a date on it or a time on it. And, that some of these changes that are occurring is that the grip that the cabal or the grip that the Illuminati or the grip that that dark story has had on us for nearly 13 millennia is that coming to an end? Do you see a new world being birthed? How would you answer that if someone asks, well, is the cabal and the Illuminati, is, are they losing their grip on our reality? right now well they might be losing a grip on illusion um what i've learned so much you know through again this process of looking at my own stories is that i wasn't really sure what was reality and what was illusion and of course you know we talk about these reality shows these are not this is not reality (laughs) this is drama And yeah. this is all illusion. This is all part of stories and story mind. Um, so, you know, when we talk about the the dark and so forth, that's the story mind is very dark. Um, it's like <laughs> a black hole many times. Huh. And mm-hmm. I think the illusion and many, you know, of course, I totally agree with you. You, know, you read Course in Miracles; it talks about this all the time. The illusion. Um, right. What is good is real. What is loving is real. <laughs> what is fear-based is not real. Um, fear is illusion. And so if we continue to live in stories, and of course, when I say live in stories, we've, we were all told stories. I mean, through other people that believed these and said that that was real, that these stories are real. So we became mm. confused right away. And then, of course, we attached the feeling to the stories. And that's when we got hooked. 
so when we get hooked on a story, we have a reaction. Because somebody hmm. can tell you a story and you can have no reaction to it, but they can tell you a story that you also believe. <laughs> you know you're hooked if, if, again, you have feelings that come with that story. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so the, the book, of course, Life in the Fishbowl, is told through a fish, through a fish called monkfish, which parallels my life, of course, and he finds that he, you know that he gets hooked on all these stories. He becomes hooked like a fish struggling, and he hmm. wants to swim free, but these stories keep hooking him back into you know playing the games, having to go back into survival, having to play this game called hide and seek. So I think you know if when i when I look around the world right now and I see so much of this intuitive energy and intu- intuition to me is really, um, you know, trusting the heart-mind, trusting the wisdom. Are we, are we here to live in fear? You know, is a question, of course, to ask. Um, I do believe that we've all chosen to come here to have an experience <laughs> of, of trying to find our way out of illusion and back into reality, which is the present moment illusion through the bad story is the past and illusion through the good story is future. So when we're hooked, we're not really present. We're either hoping that we're going to be saved in the future <laughs> or mm-hmm. we're afraid we're going to, we're going to be drowned in the past, you know, um, taken under. So, so much of this, when I was talking about the seven and the nine energy is this, um, it brings up safety issues. And when the seven and the nine interact like they are doing on the planet, you have people that are become very fanatical because their concept of faith becomes very distorted and fear-based. And when the seven energy goes into that level of negativity and fear, um, they're there are only enemies. I mean, there's fear, there's revenge, there's who's not with me. When the hmm. seven goes into consciousness, it is, um, I believe we're all here together. I believe that everyone has meaning, has essence, has beauty. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Another thing that I saw when I was working with the numbers is that we haven't had this kind of interaction of numbers since the end of World War II. Interesting. Um, and so, again, we're seeing this illusion of, uh, of power through overtaking, um, through elimination, um, through, again, destroying anyone that doesn't have the same belief or the same principles or the same <laughs> um, way that somebody believes someone should live their life. Wow. You're blowing my this program is for me. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> what you are saying right now about your book, Life in the Fishbowl, Swimming Without Fear, so I'm going to go into that a little bit when, again when you talk about the stories. So mm-hmm. what do you say to the people who 
again ask the questions about what happened in Orlando, Florida. And when they would ask you, what should I do? You know, what should I do? Is that not a story then? And should the fish swim away from that story? Well, I can never go into anybody else's mind, story mind. What story do they have about Orlando? Correct. What, okay, gotcha. what comes up for them with, you know, does, does um, this tear them apart? What is, what is the, the story that scares them so much? Um, this is, again, uh, such a personal and very powerful thing to look at. We can never take any, away anyone else's fear. We cannot do anything about their stories they have to unhook, and the book talks about the unhooking process. Wow. How do you unhook? Um, for me, I, I've been scared all my life, even though I wouldn't tell that to anybody. You know, I acted brave. <laughs> mm-hmm. There, there mm-hmm. were so many things that scared me, you know, that upset me, that angered me, um, that frustrated me, and I had my stories to back them up, you know. Um, because I was given that story, I was told that story, that you feel this way when this happens. And I swallowed that story, you know, because we we will. Um, If enough Mm -hmm. times we hear it, we see how people react finally, Mm -hmm. that story hooks us. And and Mm. we start, like a character, to live within that story. That story starts to define us. Hmm. Um, like a story that I'm shy. Well, that story, you know, lives within us. And, of course, shyness is what what more about that story is there. I won't have as many friends if I'm shy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, again, we're defined by our stories. And, and, uh, you know, this is a journey for all of us to see, again, is that a forever story are we always shy well no (laughs) but Mm -hmm. that story's had a lot Mm -hmm. of impact maybe on our lives of how we've Mm -hmm. made our decisions about how we move through life Mm. um so there's there's anyone go ahead yeah i have a question uh from a listener right now from florida her name is julia and um julia are you in the air Yes, I'm here. Thank you. Hi, Julia. Welcome to the program. Hi. Go ahead with your question for Deb. Hi. Um, well, um, I was wondering about numerology as far as how, um, like, I want to relocate. So I know that there are different times when, like, it's, things are favorable and flowing, and there are times when, you know, it's not. So <laughs> I was trying to call in to see <laughs> right. if there was some way of, being able to uh, tell me when would be a good time for me to relocate? Um, well, because each person has their personal chart, um, a lot mm-hmm. of that information is within your, is within your chart. Um, certain numbers will indicate that if you have a higher probability of feeling that call or that, that urge to relocate. Um, so... Uh, I really couldn't answer your question without 
without doing your chart and seeing what your numbers are, uh, not only your your full chart but also your current year, you know what's happening oh, okay. for you. So you oh, you couldn't tell by my current year, like the what is it the the month? You know, you know how they have like specific days and specific months, and you know each month has its own number and stuff. So I didn't know if right. If I just gave you right. my birthday, yes. you would be able to tell from that. Well, there's um, that's that's just one um, aspect of your chart. It has a lot of power to it, but there are it's, you have your destiny number, your birth path, heart's desire, personality, as well as pinnacles, as well as your um, what I call your, your temperament numbers, how you're interacting. Emotionally, mm-hmm. physically, mentally, and and all of that. I, in a way, I have to look at the whole chart, and my job is to pull it together, how the numbers are interacting, um, and then I can then I can give you an, an an answer from what your chart is telling me. Oh, I see. But um, okay. I, I I wish I could tell you more just from your date of birth, but that's that doesn't really give me much to go on. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you for your time, and thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Julia, for for phoning in. Thank you very much for phoning in. So let's talk about Sun Lu Chao, and what is he saying about numbers on this planet at this time, and what advice or information does he give you about the planet? And just like Juliet asked, is this a good time to move? The Sun Lu Chow says, when he said to me, he didn't know my charts. <laughs> I mean, um, so he said, yes, create, uh, yes, go ahead and build and create a center. So what does Sun Lu Chow say about this particular time upon the planet? Mm-hmm. Well, it's, he's, he's reminding me that when he said that to you, you are the center. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So interesting. You were already the center. <laughs> okay. Interesting. You just okay. have to bring it into form. Yes. Um, okay. So there, there is always, you know, there is timing involved with everything, and you were, you were certainly ready to do mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when, whenever I, I do a chart, I'm really just affirming what somebody else has already gotten, whether, and I don't really need to know anything about them. Um, the, the numbers just um, validate. If somebody feels that it's time to move, it's time to move. The numbers are speaking to them. Okay. I hope Julia's still in the so air. So rarely yep, will I say, sense. no, don't do this. <laughs> He's a, uh, a chart always, you know, I would say 99% of the time affirms and validates um, so what they've she already gotten, to or it will validate. Hmm? So if she happens to feel like she's being pulled or drawn or magnetically drawn to a particular place to move, then she's feeling the numbers then. Because numbers are vibration. Yep. The numbers are energy. Yep. So she is like a tuning fork, and there's certain periods of our life where we start to, you know, start to vibrate and start to turn into a a different direction because our our chart is 
is saying that to us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's time mm-hmm. to, to end one thing or move. And, and there are certain times in a chart or in the nine-year cycle where things are more likely to happen, like, you know, talking about a nine. Um, that's the end of a nine-year cycle. So usually most people will make a change either in the one, five, or nine personal years in their chart. Mm. Um, the five mm. is about change. <laughs> and mm-hmm. the nine is they're, they're ready to, you know, end where, wherever they are and start a new beginning. Um, so that nine and one, you can tell they come very close together. They're kind of finished mm-hmm. where they are, and, and then they're, they're moving into that one year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that this so sounds going maybe back, like it. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I was just going to... Um, <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, well, you were asking Sunder Chow to talk a little yes. bit of, about um, anything that he could offer um, always everything comes down to an element of feeling safe safe to stay in your body in your heart um, there's a need there's a calling that each person wants to find their way home into that space okay? into their own experience with without being pulled out into the world, which often doesn't feel safe. And many times people want to know what they can do about the world. Leave the world, he says. Leave the world. Get into your world. That is the only place that you can ever make a difference. It's the only place that you have the choice to shift or change or breathe or love there's nothing you can do out of your body out of your heart out of your space so breathe all as well always come back in then whatever action you have that comes to you to take is from that place of love is from that place in your heart because you feel safe you have no enemies you have nothing to prove, and love is action, much more powerful than fear. So when a story comes up that tells you you have to do something because you feel so awful, you're not there. You're out in the world in struggle and survival. You must come back in. Trust that your heart guides you. Trust that love guides you much more powerfully than fear. Take a breath. Know that you've been in story, in illusion, and know that you are safe. Your heart can tell you this. Your heart will always guide you. Heart-mind is intelligence. Heart-mind is truth. And heart-mind is real. So if you ever feel any struggle, any fear, know that you've gone into illusion, into story mind. And of course you believe that, or you wouldn't feel that. But is it time to question what you believe, what others have told you? Is it really bad? 
Well, you can't know that. All you can know is, is it bad for you? (laughs) Are you afraid right now? Then unhook. There is a way to do that. To keep questioning. It is a story about something bad happening. It is a story about that that scares you. We've all been scared by stories. You now have a way to not be afraid, to realize that you in the present, is you are not a story. You who you are in the I am, there is no story there. You don't need a story. You are enough. So this is the time on the planet to look around and see how many stories there are out there. The good stories that tell you that there's hope and and trust and the positive stories and many, many of the bad ones. Mm. But you cannot live just back and forth between the good and the bad. That's really not living. Come in, trust, unhook, and see if you can live just with you. You are enough without a story. So that's what Samuchow has to say. Mm. 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 To me, makes sense. To me, makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. Um, Deb, it's we have another. Very, uh, okay, go ahead. We have another phone call. This is a phone call from Jay in Canada. Jay, are you on? Jay, yes, are you Thank on? You. Hi, Hello, Jay. Hi. Welcome. Hey there. Thank you very much for letting me be part of the show. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's wonderful to have you on. Okay. And you were talking about uh, what the personal personal power is or your personal number is? Um, well, we have lots of different numbers, of course, in in our charts. Yeah, which one are you looking you at right question? now? <laughs> um, well, we have, of course, personal days. Um, we have personal years, uh, personal months, numbers. You know, they're all very, you know, unique to our, our charts. Okay. Have you done any numerology before? Uh, yes, I have. Okay. And I think I'm in the nine year to this year. In a personal year? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how are you experiencing that? Uh, quite a number of shifts. Uh, I really made some devotions to uh, a practice that is liberating some obstacles in my life. Uh-huh. Okay. Hmm. Do you find that you're also um, maybe setting some new priorities or clearing out, simplifying other, you know, in certain ways? I haven't simplified a lot of things right now, just like in my practice. So that's keeping mm-hmm. me very busy until the end of July, and then I won't abandon the practice. Can, uh, absolutely, I'll just, uh, what I'll do is I'll do something else. But I'll keep the practice going. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, 
I think it's always an important time to really see, um, again, the the spirit mentor I've had has talked to me for a long time about um, having a daily practice and that that is so anchoring and grounding and to go deep in it. Eventually, we'll all find what really works for us, um, and it's the consistency that's so important to just look, you know, that, that our daily practice is our energy, is where we're putting intention. Mm. Uh, so I, rec- I really admire you for, you know, looking at some of the practices that you're doing. Oh, thank you very much, very much. Um, in light of that, uh, uh, I don't know, can you... Take a look at what some obstacles are going to overcome for this practice, or what are my uh, celebrations of my practice is going to bring. Well, I, I think you'll have to talk to Sun Lu Chow on that one, <laughs> okay. because again, I can't really do any numerology without without having having your your chart there, um, but. He he says that you had had many many lifetimes of great devotional practice. So when you um, you're just coming home to that actually, and finding again those practices that 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 speak to you. He would suggest that you you really make your practices very anchoring and grounding. Try not to leave your body so much, to mm-hmm. drift. <laughs> but to use them for focus, use them for healing, right? To be, to use them for for being, getting more in touch with, again, the energy flow in your body. And uh, what he calls the warrior energy is is very, very important to be a strong healer. Um, you, You must actively participate and feel the body and feel the grounding. Let your body move. Um, quite a bit. You need a lot of movement, he says. So hopefully yeah, you've got a practice. If you're doing any any kind of moving meditation, that's excellent for you, he says. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. keep going. <laughs> Thanks for the encouragement. You, Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, Thank you for calling, Jay. Thank you very much. You bless. Bye bye. This. Goodbye. This is what I want to tell Jay and uh, from Canada and Julia from Florida and anyone else who's listening to the program live and also perhaps going to um, move into our archives to listen to the programs. Is this? I'm going to talk a little bit about charts because Deb did do my chart, and um, my mentor once told me that when when I came to a crossroad, she said, if you find yourself at a crossroad in life, um, she's 90, she was 98 years old when she said this to me, don't stall too long at that crossroads. She said, instead of agonizing over which road to take, she said she didn't want me to agonize when I hit that crossroad because it could eventually prevent me from knowing any road, going down any road. So when Irma Beaumont told me that, 
don't, if you find yourself at a crossroads, Janice, don't stall too long at that crossroads because she did see me many times agonizing over which road to take and that she knew that that could prevent me from knowing any road and going down any road. So what I did when I had reached that spot is that I did have Deb do a chart on me at that time. And what, uh, what was very, very helpful when Deb did do that chart for me, that I was able to choose that road and, and, and which one to take and when to take it. I remember when you did my chart, Deb, and you said, uh, you know, first of all, I said, oh, I'm a healer. And you went, no, 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 you're a warrior. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, no, I think I, I think really I'm a healer. No, 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 you're a warrior. You are a director of the Hope Interface Center. You run all these programs. You have to be a warrior energy. And then it it really dawned on me, you're right, I am a warrior. And then you told me that I was going to go into a, because of the numbers um, and my chart, my personal chart, that I was somewhat like a natural born leader and that I came in this lifetime to be a leader and to do this. And whatever you said to me in, after you did my chart for me, for me, for me, and I'm, you know, I'm not a wealthy woman. I, I'm very cautious on information that I receive, but for me, you were absolutely right on. And you said, no, I wasn't right on. The numbers were right on. And so it was very, very helpful for me because at that time I felt I was at a crossroads. So I would like Jay to know from Canada and Julia. Julia from Florida and anyone else from my heart to your heart, I would never suggest a chart done if I didn't think it was worth it, if I didn't think it was valuable, and if I didn't think it was accurate in so many ways. So I would encourage you to do so. So the question I have for you, uh, Deb, is that, because many, many people do feel at a crossroads right now. If you help them do it, if you did a chart on them at this particular time, because I believe our whole world is at a crossroads, could that help people choose a road to take at this time? Well, I, I would like to, I would like to believe so. But again, mm-hmm. it's what they do with with the information, you know. Correct. Um, you might want to say that again. I find <laughs> it's what they do with the information. <laughs> yes, because that that so is when, for teachers and mentors. That's important for our, our our students to hear. We can only when you said we cannot take fear away from a person. We cannot. We can give them information. It's what they do with that information. So you are very, very, very correct. Well, and I consider you like the poster child for <laughs> taking information and doing something with it. <laughs> I am but, a bit like that. 
um, but you know, I, I always remember if I was in a workshop, I was going to participate. You know, I was there. I was going to get the most I could out of something. You know, and in a way, a, a chart give somebody that opportunity to really know, validate maybe things that they have known about themselves but have never told anyone. And this is not in a scary way. It's like, this is the truth. <laughs> no wonder you felt that way because that's what your your chart was telling, you know, uh, helping you with. Or um, I always said I was so amazed when I first had my chart done because I look back and I go, oh, I didn't really screw up. That was meant to happen. <laughs> it was a wake up. I was supposed to have that experience. And when I started to do numerology, what I saw is the biggest benefit to it. It's not just about the numbers. It's what the numbers tell us about the balance of our healer warrior energy. And I speak about that through the whole chart because we have both energies everyone has healer which are the emotional and the intuitive numbers and everyone has warrior energy which is the physical mental it's the balance here and the energies are meant to be balanced but for the vast majority of us we're dominant you know we're either dominant healer or dominant warrior so that throws things off we tend to kind of move forward with one energy more than the other. But we're meant to work with them both equally, always with the healer guiding the warrior. I always have mm-hmm. this picture of this wonderful sentinel standing right next to the healer, and the healer just, the heart just says, do this. The sentinel, the warrior energy goes, no questions, <laughs> no hesitation, all through love, all through guidance. So when somebody says, well, I don't know if I can follow through on that, I say, well, that's because your warrior energy is low. And the chart will usually say that or why they can't complete something. So I talk to people about not only what their, how their chart is, but how they can balance their energies, knowing what the chart can tell them about that balance. Um, and this is what Sunlu Chow spoke to me about initially. He said, if you don't raise your warrior energy, you're not going to last your life. <laughs> Because I was hmm. had so many healer numbers in my chart, he said you've got to bring up your warrior. Um, because I was using my healer to manipulate feelings, to carry the weight of the world. Um, I, I wanted to help people because I was desperate to help people. It wasn't out of a sense of, um, you know, really true compassion. I just felt that that was my identity. If I didn't have that, you know, what good would I be? So bringing up my warrior energy completely shifted um, my life and also showed me to come back to my own experience and enjoy that and to be of service from that place but not be attached whether anybody believes me or (laughs) does what I say or anything, you know, Mm -hmm. and that I'm asked. I don't just give people, well, you should be doing this. Um, it, it completely shifted all my integrity, my moral aspects, and um, uh, and I saw that I was here to enjoy myself, you know, really mm-hmm. first and foremost, and to again understand how I could live here without fear. Um, and so 
many times I will tell people, you know, if, if you're really struggling, you've got to balance your energies first. Then you'll have more consciousness. You'll have more strength to really look at unhooking, you know, from fear. Because if we're so paralyzed by fear, sometimes we have to do some balancing first. We've got to bring up either the healer or the warrior energy. And I say never bring the other one down. We bring the other one up to match it. Because you know, mm-hmm. um, great if somebody has a lot of war energy, beautiful. Now let's bring the healer up to match it. Correct. And vice Correct. versa. I would agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Right. We so have a question. Bad. We're never. We're, yeah. Go ahead. We have a we have a question for Sun Lu Chow. If uh, mm-hmm. um, this is Cindy from Maine, and okay. um, she I think has a question. For Sun Lu Chow. Cindy, are you on the air? Yes, I am. Hi, Cindy. What question do you have for Sun Lu Chow? Well, I was just trying to figure out how this, uh, what you're talking about, is different from a basic numerology reading, for example. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, that's a good question, Cindy. Well, you know, everybody's different. There are a lot of numerologists. Um, and and astrologers, you know, it just depends on on how you approach the craft or the art, um, mm-hmm. and again, what your intention is uh, of giving a reading or or uh, informing someone of what what their chart is helping them with, what they're working with. So I guess as I was saying before, the the different focus I have to doing numerology is with the intention of someone understanding how they can they can balance in their lives with, with the energies of the healer and warrior. So everyone has a healer question? and warrior. Yes, it's like yin yang. You know, yeah, it's, okay. uh, mm-hmm. we all have the we all have the same amount of energy. It's just that we're used to again by the stories or how we're raised um, and it's, and through our chart I can see if someone is more dominant in uh, either the healer or the warrior energy. And, of course, where it falls in your chart makes a difference. Mm-hmm. And I talked about these temperament numbers. These are like 24-7 numbers that uh, tell us so much. Like when Janice was tell- telling you or Hope was telling you about that I was saying that you're a warrior, it was because her temperament numbers were so strongly warrior. And those mm-hmm. are ongoing um, they just, you know, they're always speaking to us. And that's how we operate or we, we kind of um, move through life on on that mental, physical, emotional, and intuitive levels. Mm-hmm. So it's so just the numbers of one through, of one through nine, for example. It sounds like you yes. have little side shoots that... Um, also collage with those nine numbers? Well, we've got pinnacles, the different four stages of our lives. Those are, those are huge numbers, um, um, as well as what I call the essence numbers. That's how we are kind of occupying our chart this year, how we're experiencing it, living it. Mm-hmm. So there are different ways, you know, that, that, that numerologists, again, depending on how you were trained or what you read and, what feels important to you, how how you speak about it or add them up um, and, and work with the chart. Mm-hmm. 
Good questions. Yeah. Questions. Thank yeah, you so much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to ask a thank question you, Cindy. to Cindy. So keep on listening. I'm going to ask a question about numbers again. Is uh, when a person looks at the clock and there's four, 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 or when we see 11, <laughs> 11, or do those particular numbers, when we see them, again, I know that they resonate at a certain frequency. Do they have meaning to us or do we, again, like, what does that mean when that happens to us over and over again when we're seeing things such as 1111? Right, yeah. Well, it's, it, yeah, that's an interesting question. I think, you know, there are certain numbers that we're, we're aware of that come into our life quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And that we start to say that's my that's my lucky number. <laughs> yes. And that's usually there's there's some opening or a little bit higher frequency speaking to us, trying to get our attention. I mean, okay. how else does the universe get our attention sometimes? Um, so I, it's just interesting to note that that we're paying attention or that it's you know, um, again, it, it it could have a lot of meaning and it couldn't. I'm, it's hard to go too far with it, but it's it's also fun, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's fun, but there's there has to be some meaningful connection there usually. Like mm-hmm. if somebody always lives, you know, lives a lot in a in a house number, certain house number, but that has significance. You know, house numbers have significance. Yet um, I'm always looking at numbers in certain ways, so. Uh, I, I, again, kind of to go back to Cindy's question, I, I might work a little bit differently also in that I just don't work with single numbers. Like I'll hmm. do, I'll add up a whole sequence of numbers and, and I'll look at what that total is before I bring it down to a single number because that has significance. So I'm really working with at least three numbers rather than one. Mm-hmm. So that that gets it's it's like not reading you know the difference between reading a horoscope for all Libras <laughs> and right, then getting right. very specific. So right. I feel as if I can I can go in much deeper and 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 define uh, much more specifically rather than just looking at a single number. Right, right, and I think that's a good way how to define uh, um, a session with you when they come for a birth chart is that. You're correct where some people might give an overall thing for Libras and might give an all an overall thing for Geminis and Aries and and um but when they do come in for a birth chart or a number chart, then what they can expect to get out of that is a little bit more of a um more of a zeroing in on certain issues of who they are and how they work how they kind of work through life, right. quite frankly, and make decisions. So, yes. And like you said, it makes sense. Yes, it makes, when, when people get the numbers and when you say that to them and then we do go like, Oh, well that makes sense why I made that decision when I did it. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like you said, Cause there are yeah. no mistakes, you know, we, right. we, we, we do the best we can all the time. Um, and we are being guided whether we know it or not, it's all set up. Uh, it really is, and that's another thing that really that blew me away. It's all all set up. Uh, our plan is our plan. We come in, and we we have to follow it. 
So once mm-hmm. we, as Senator Chow explained to me, it's sort of like having a script. And sometimes we don't know we have a script, but then after somebody has a chart, they say, oh, I have a script. Well, you can either, you know, keep reading it or you can keep working with it for greater balance. And then eventually you can put that script down. You know, you don't have to keep relying on it because you realize you're just, you're working in balance with your energies and you're in a flow and um, it kind of just helps us to see that there there is so much guidance happening and um, and to trust that and as much as we can let go of that control. So in spirit world, do we choose our numbers when we birth on April 9th, 1954? I mean, that's my birthday. So in yeah. my spirit <laughs> world, did I say, I am going to birth down upon this planet on April 9th, 1954. Just so did my spirit decide that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yep. Interesting. You and whoever else. <laughs> yes. You knew you would be coming back with. Yeah. Okay. It's, Interesting. Uh, all set. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I yeah, also somebody asked me, you know, about picking like numbers for for their for their baby to be born, or you know, like yeah. so many people are having C sections, and I said, well, even if you do, it's all meant to be. It's already set up. So you might, you know, I wouldn't get too worried about messing with with karma or with the universe. They are way beyond us. Oh, that's so. a very good question. Like if the mama decides to have the C-section, is that really coming from the mama or is that coming from the spirit of the child or is it a collaboration between the two souls? Well, again, that was set up long ago. Yeah. yeah, that's true. It's a, cla- it's a right. collaboration. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. But we can, Which we I can have fun pick, <laughs> picking that out, though. Yep. Making yeah. that decision. Yeah. Well, I also I have three things that I would like to talk just a little bit about. When you came here again, you I and I am information. My mm-hmm. best friend say you have somewhat of a Rolodex, Hope, and you just. And I do work on things that I hear that hit me. And when you came to the center, when you were visiting here, you said at this time, and maybe it's because of the age that you turned or, or, or because of the numbers or I don't know, but you had mentioned to me three things. And, and you said, these are the questions that you were somewhat asking yourself is number one, do I have any unfinished karma that I need to attend to? And the second question you said, have I done or am I doing what I said I would do in my sacred contract in this lifetime? Am I doing or have I done what I I kind of signed up for in my sacred contract in in this lifetime? And I believe the third question, which I thought was really profound for me as a 62-year-old woman and just kind of looking at my life force and where to put it is where is my presence most needed at this time? And I don't even know if you remember you saying those three things when you were here, <laughs> but I have no, given those questions. <laughs> I've given those <laughs> questions out to people because I thought they are very profound for this time um, on the planet. So mm-hmm. did you get those 
questions from Sun Lu Chow. Did you get them just from your inner space that you decided to, you know, to talk about those questions or? Oh, I'm sure it's a combination. Um, I I have felt for a long time, um, you know, that I, I really didn't want to leave this lifetime without doing as much to complete. And, and for me, this this book that I've written about unhooking from fear is really it for me. You know, I don't want to leave being afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't want to be afraid of saying I love you. I don't want to be afraid of, of um, again, anything that, that takes me out of my body and out of my heart. So mm-hmm. this has been a, a big intention for me and and I I have struggled over the years about what to do with this what I call my bad story voice that hmm. has um you know that has hindered me so much at times um that caused so much angst and um depression and and uh, so I felt like I you know at times I was going crazy with this voice and I um that was my greatest fear was that this voice would drive me crazy because I could reach such heights of, of great joy and then it could just bring me down into the toilet, you know. And so my search has been a, really for a way to um, understand this voice uh, in my head <laughs> that told me it was me um, and that could be my worst enemy. And... Hmm. And so that for me, completing karma is finally understanding that um, I've had stories in many different lifetimes, <laughs> and these stories have scared me to death. Um, and that now I know how to unhook um, from any story that, that scares me. Because hmm. uh, otherwise I can't be here. Uh, right. I can't be here if I'm scared. Yeah. Um, the, second, the second question... Um, the sacred contract, I think, was the numerology for me, you know, looking at my numerology chart, understanding it, seeing how strong, oh, my gosh, how strong my healer is. You know, what it, and now I worship my warrior energy <laughs> because my healer could never be healthy without me raising my warrior energy. And so the contract is kind of seeing my chart. What did, what did I contract here with my chart? Um and and am I am I balancing it? Am I doing what I know this chart speaks to me about? Um, and the third, where is my presence needed? I have realized it's my presence is in my I am presence, um, being grounded, um, being in my own business. That's where my presence is needed, and then then I am. Um, I guess I'm available. Mm-hmm. I can't be available unless I'm in my own <laughs> heart <laughs> um, and in this place where I feel safe, that I have nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. That's where I want my presence to be now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think those are very, very powerful questions yeah. that yeah, I'm still are. working with myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really working on the 
third one, you know, where is my presence most needed at this time? And and I love, I, I think I remembered asking, you know, well, what if I have some karma hidden around the tree and it's coming at me and I don't really see it? <laughs> I remember <laughs> you saying, you know, love will clear up that karma. Love and um, being kind and considerate. And so I just thought they were, um, again, three questions that I thought that were, were really excellent to ask yourself, especially during this time in the world. So I thank you for those questions. So, so where can our audience, uh, our guests who are listening to us at this time, if they do want a birth chart or a session with Sun Lu Chow, um, where can they get a hold of you? Um, well, I'll give you my email um, information as well as my uh, my cell phone number. Um, so my email is is vital v i t a l flow vital flow energy at gmail dot com, and that's all together vital flow energy at gmail dot com. Um, and then my uh, my number that somebody could reach me at is seven one nine. And as I said, the book is available um, uh, through Kindle, um, Amazon, and you can get a hard copy or a digital copy. Um, So I'm I'm really excited and looking forward to getting some feedback and uh, see if it does resonate with with those that are awakening and maybe tired of being scared, um, wondering how they can feel free and joyful. Be wonderful to hear back from from some people that do get the book or end up reading it. Yeah, it sounds like a great book. I'll give you some feedback. <laughs> I'll give you some feedback. It sounds like a great, great, great book. And again, I think a much needed book. I loved it. I love. I could feel your energy when you said, "You know, I just, just, I don't want to be in fear. I just don't want to be in fear anymore." So, um, well, I think that's, that's why nice. it came out this year. You know, I've been working yeah. on a, feeling like I was going to be birthing a book for a few years now, but it, it was meant to come out now, and I can now I can see why. Well, I do want to thank you for being on the program this evening with me, my dear. You are my sister of the light, and um, and I (laughs) thank you for playing your role in this world. So um, it's been wonderful and genuine, warm and kind. So thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you again for asking me. You are welcome. You are welcome. Great, great, great. And to our listeners, I just want to let you know that we are going to have a uh, another writer next time, next month. And the name of the program is going to be called, what her book is called, You Are Worth It. And this is a book that was gifted to me. And since it was gifted to me, I have also passed it along to many, many, many other women. So we are going to have Louise Griffith. Uh, who is an international recognized speaker, author, successful coach, and psychologist. 
She is the founder of One Shining Light. This is an organization dedicated to inspiring and motivating individuals to build the best version of themselves. And so I ask you all to join me next month where we will be talking a great deal about her work, You Are Worth It, 52 Weeks to Honoring, Loving, and Nurturing Your Soul. She has also written an accompanying journal with that now, um, and it is in her um, second printing. So that is wonderful. That is wonderful. As always, I could not have this program if I didn't have listeners. And I am thrilled that we had you, Julia, all the way from Canada and Cindy from Maine and all the other people who have ever called into the Hope Interface. Um, center and to this this program called the Pure Hope Show. Um, I just love doing it and I love having you listeners and I walk shoulder to shoulder with you on this journey. And um, so until we meet again, I wish to namaste you, namaste, namaste. Have a wonderful, wonderful um, 4th of July, my friends. Have a wonderful 4th of July, and we'll be talking to you at the very end of July. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to Pure Hope by Rev. Janice Hope Gorman. And until next time, remember that true greatness consists in being great in the little things. Be kind. Be gentle. Be loving. Be true.